I'm excited to hear what we've got going today. This is a really fascinating case. This case was lead story in the news. Huge, huge, huge. Well, the guy's patients called him Dr. Candy. And the reason is he was the number five prescriber of opiates in the country. Not in the state, in the country. Oh my gosh. He didn't get the memo that we're having an opioid epidemic. He was part of... Yeah, he's the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. On this case, this wasn't one of Jack's case. This was a case... I got from another lawyer Okay, that considers himself the white-collar version of Jack. So oh. Jack was... All that and a bucket of chicken. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, good. Okay. And he is like this handsome, suave, sophisticated, much more sophisticated. Like Jack is more blue-collar, rough-around-the-edges kind of okay. a guy. Uh-huh. This attorney is much smoother, and like he says, if you're on a case where you're talking about blood, guts, and, and gore, and like hair fiber evidence, that kind of stuff, that's Call a case Jack. for Jack. That's uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh-huh. Jack's case. But if it's anything else, in federal court, I'm the guy. Ah, gotcha. And like I say, this huge story, the press was going crazy over it. There were many mm-hmm. lives that were affected by this doctor. He lived in... Northern Utah in a small town. and I mean, Salt Lake is not a huge city, and this was like one of the smaller towns, but he okay. was prescribing a lot. And when the feds were investigating him, like they started watching, and the average patient was spending five minutes in his office. Oh, wow. So your return yeah. on your investment of five minutes is pretty high. Yes. Wow. So I get a call from his attorney, and he was so smooth. Like, Jack would be like, I've got a case I need you to work on. Or he'd even have his secretary call me. Sometimes uh-huh. I wouldn't even actually speak with Jack. I'd just uh-huh. get word by email or through his secretary. And not with this lawyer. This lawyer's like, hey, could we meet for breakfast? Let's have a breakfast meeting. Like, much more sophisticated. Gotcha. Much smoother. So I meet him for breakfast early. He's a busy guy. He's a mover and a shaker. Yeah. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Yeah. So we meet like at seven in the morning for breakfast, which, ah, like I don't even care about (laughs) breakfast enough to get out of bed. Right. To get there um, what are you feeding Uh, me? Right. But Mm -hmm. I know it's, if he's doing this, there's some big case. So I meet with him and it's the big Big, this doctor, Dr. Candy, had been charged. Initially, he was tr- indicted in federal court on 129 counts. No, uh, uh, 129 counts. Yes. So I don't even know what that, how does that add up for years? Like uh, this guy will not see daylight life. again? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Life. And he was 63 years old. But. For a 63-year-old, like some 63-year-olds can look like 60 is what, the new 50 or 40, they say. Yeah, or whatever. yeah. And, but <laughs> this guy how was, much Botox you have. Right, right. And this Which guy, I love. I am a Botox it, girl. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> amen to that. But he was not in good health. Okay. He was 68 years old when he was charged. Okay. And he looked to me like he was at least in his 70s. He looked 10 years older. Oh, wow. Okay. So any time for this guy, in my mind, was not a good thing. Like, this guy gotcha. won't make it. Yeah. He, so his attorney and I meet for breakfast, and he's smooth and like, hey, 
Pamela. And he's very charming. He's like, I need your talent on this. I need you to this interview is the some. This is the lawyer the for the lawyer. doctor. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I need you to interview some witnesses on this case. And this we're going to do really well with this. We're taking it to trial. And we've got to be all prepped. I'm like, great. Is right up my alley. Let's rock and roll. So there were patients of his that I was to track down. There were a number of them. You said how many? A hundred and what indictments? A hundred and twenty-nine. Okay, so does that mean there were a hundred and twenty-nine people, like individual people, or how do how do indictments work? They can work any way the <laughs> the prosecutor wants, basically. Okay. Okay. So like 10 counts could be part of one patient. Oh, okay. It okay. could be 129 patients. He okay. did have many, many patients. And remember, okay. he was meeting with patients on average five minutes. Right. So You can so put a lot you, of people you, in a day. Mm-hmm. You really can. So he was indicted initially on 130 counts of distributing okay. controlled substances without a legitimate medical purpose. Oh, and wow. Out, Outside the, it, it was just interesting because he is a doctor and he was actually a pain doctor. He was an orthopedic guy. Those guys, like, they become like the pain specialists because you always get people sure. with back problems. Sure. And remember, like, from surveillance, what is the biggest issue people say they have? They Back they issues. Yeah. Back. It's always back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so they pull all his records because they're, like, paying attention to this stuff. He had issued 17,140 prescriptions for oxycodone. Oh, my gosh. Totaling 1,587,384 pills between January 1st of 2005 and June 5th of 2008. Oh, and I was was wrong. He was the fourth highest volume of prescriptions of oxycodone. In 2005 to 2008, in three years, five, six, yeah. seven, eight, yeah, four years if it went the whole year. Wow. And he was the highest volume of prescriptions for hydrocodone in the entire state of Utah. Is that what flagged this? Is that what started this whole thing? Is because they really watched this and they um, have for several years. How did this It's a really get good question. This got flagged because one of his patients who was a rocket scientist, and I'm like we always say, well, that's doesn't you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Right. This guy was a rocket scientist. He was a patient of Dr. Candy's. Mm-hmm. And he overdosed and oh, died. Oh, and died. And that's where the whole thing started. That's where the whole thing started. They started really investigating into this. And like, how did this happen? Right. Yeah. So I get a list of a bunch of patients uh-huh. of Dr. Candy's for me to interview. You know, the lawyer that I'm working with is not cheap. He's one of the most expensive lawyers in the state. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't messing around. He was prepping for a month-long trial. Big okay. time. Big time money. Big time. I mean, this guy's life is on the line. Right. He's federal court, correct? This is federal. Yep. So I, why did it become federal? Did it go across state borders? Or why is it federal? Was it because it was drugs? Yep, Why did it because become a... the DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency. Okay. These are controlled substances, so the feds control... Sub- gotcha. Okay, thank they, you. They handle mm-hmm. controlled substances, so it's a federal crime. Okay. And and it was really peculiar because, like I say, he is a doctor licensed to, to prescribe, and yet he 
was initially charged with 130 counts of prescribing. Yeah. Like it's so yeah, it's really yeah. Yeah. really interesting case. And I get started, and almost all of his patients were from the city of Ogden, which is close to Brigham City, but like 20 minutes away. Okay. There, there are more doctors in Ogden than Brigham City. Brigham City's a smaller town. Sure. But when people are drug addicts and they need a doctor, they'll go wherever they have to go to they get a shop doctor it. that will, yeah. they will, sh- exactly. We've all heard of the doctor shopping. Right. So when I first really started digging into the case, one of the first witnesses I interviewed was a, a woman that was in jail and which I kind of like that. That's like shooting fish in a barrel because they right. can't get Yeah, yeah. They can't Captive get audience. Yeah, he's like, hello, yeah. you don't want to talk to me, but hello. Yeah. And like my music, I always do better with a captive audience, yeah. whether it's <laughs> performing music or interviewing. And so oh I get to the jail to interview this girl. She's probably, oh man, she's like pretty young, late 20s, early 30s, maybe. Okay. And angry. Oh, man. She's got a chip on her shoulder. And so when they pull her out to come and talk to me, she knows I'm not her lawyer. She knows I'm not working on her defense. And when you have been in and out of jail in the system, those people are not very happy about being interviewed or involved Mm -hmm. in anything. Actually, the beginning of it, she was almost walking away. And although oh I joked around about being a captive audience, she's in jail, but she doesn't have to talk to me because I'm not her defense team. Gotcha. So she could tell me to go pound sand and go back to her cell and twiddle her thumbs all day. And that's what she wanted to do. <laughs> she gotcha. didn't have to do anything than talk to me. And I had to do some fast talking just to, just to get her to even tell me anything. Right. I was like, well, hey, what about, like, I had to really ease into it. it slowly, like, hey, just tell me this. Oh, she was angry, angry. Ah, oh, that was intense. But what I did get out of her was, yeah, she's got a drug problem. She's been in and out of jail. And she was one of Dr. Candy's patients because she's like, yeah, everybody knew. that. That's why they, we called him Dr. Candy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could go and get, sure. he would give you whatever you needed, right? whatever you wanted, not what you right. needed, what you right. wanted. And she said that it had gotten to the point with him and her. Now, remember, I told you that he looked much older than in his 60s, like in his 70s. Was he self-medicating? I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Okay. <clears throat> but it had gotten to the point with her that he had given her his cell phone number so if she needed something she could call him or text him and he would meet her and she said that they had met at a hotel in Ogden okay so is he is he pimping out this medicine is he giving it to him for sexual trade and that kind of stuff like well why at a hotel that's what I asked I mm-hmm. asked the same thing. Oh, so yeah. I just assumed same thing as you. Okay, so you had to do things for it. And she said, no, I mean, not really. Like, he just wanted to give me a massage. And so I met him at this this hotel and let him give me a massage. That's all he did. And then she got her drugs and off she went. Yep. I think yep. that's technically pimping. Oh, 
Okay. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. No. I'm just going to be a random doctor at a hotel. If you just give me a massage and then give me my oxy. Hey, I'm yeah. feeling good on many levels. I hope you are too. It's certainly your, different mm-hmm. than any other prescription gatherer. Any other doctor yeah. I've ever had. Yes. Yeah. So I checked it out in the discovery and there was a record of him getting a motel in Ogden, which is, like I said, 20 minutes away from his house. Well, why would you rent a motel 20 minutes from your home? That's yeah. So I thought that was bad. We but call that it, a no-tell motel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the name, but that yeah. could have been but the name. But that's a no-tell motel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it didn't work well because she was telling. So Yes. Yeah. They maybe want to change the name. Yeah. A tell-all. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, although she didn't want to, she really uh-huh. did not want to talk to me. But apparently she'd already talked to the feds, so she was on the witness list. So the, the next woman I had to interview, she lived in Ogden. I go to her house, and I'm not kidding. Like, I, I had a forerunner, which I loved my forerunner. Right. But it, it's not like some fancy anything. It's a forerunner. Right. There, there are many of those on the road. And when I pulled up on this street in my forerunner, like, I got out of my car, and kids were coming up to my car like, wow, nice car. And I looked like, Really? My car? Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. How, how nice. Yeah, with that dent on the uh, side? Hey. Yeah. No, <laughs> so it was kind of a rough neighborhood. Oh, yeah. And okay. So I get to this woman's door. Of course, she doesn't know that I'm coming because I'm not thinking she's going to want to cooperate since my experience with the last woman. Right, right. So I knock on the door, and this young teenage boy comes to the door. And I said, hey, is your mom here? And... He goes and gets his mom, and she's probably late 30s, although she looks older than that, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she smoked. She looked, she'd been through some stuff, Mm -hmm. but when you're in the drug world, that's what happens. You age a lot. Right, Mm -hmm. I have to do a little bit of talking, and she acknowledges, like, I, I was a patient of his. Yeah, we became friends. In fact, he came here to the house. What? He came to your house, and she's like, yeah, he would come here, and I would let him give me a massage, and then he would give me some scripts. So, you know, we okay. trade, and she's just smoking. She has beautiful yeah. fingernails. Her nails are all done, and she's smoking as she's telling me this, and I'm, I actually found her to be very credible. Right. Are all of the people that you're looking to interview women? No. Okay. So. Does he give the men massages, too? <laughs> I did not hear of. Okay. I did not just, hear of. Just that, wondering, so. just like, yeah. hey, he could. He you know, could. Okay. Yeah, but uh-huh. no, no, that was exclusive to the women, I believe. Okay. okay. So as I'm interviewing this woman, the son comes back in the room because he's really curious what I'm doing there, mm-hmm. and he's like, kind of just trying to listen. And she, so she just tells him, "Hey, she's here to talk about the doctor," and he's like, "Who?" And she goes, "You remember." The doctor that would come here, and he would come by sometimes. And then her kid, you can see the light come on. He's like, oh, and he drove that gold Cadillac? And she says, yeah, yeah, that's him. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. More That totally corroborated her statement. Sure. He can identify and, the car and the man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. So I go through her statement. 
And, and again, this lawyer is so unique. Most lawyers, I just send them a report on, this is what I've got so far. Here we are. This is where I suggest we go. And, mm-hmm. like, are we good with that? Like, with Jack, I just kind of do it because I'd been working with him so long. Right. But with other lawyers, like, I want to make sure you want me going down this road and that, that we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. So we meet for breakfast again. And I tell him, like, hey, this is what I've got. And I said, you know, this is really troubling. These witnesses, these women are very credible. Right. And he said, oh, no, they're not. Pamela, you don't understand. And I said, oh. I, I, I think I do. Uh, and he's like, no, no, no. You, like, they are not credible. I heard them at a, one of our pre-trial, at our preliminary hearing. And they have no credibility. These few women are drug addicts. And I said, yeah. Right. But the feds have a record of the no-tell motel of him right. purchasing. And I said, that's consistent with this girl's story, the one that was in jail. And he said, yeah, but there, these people, the, the Dr. Candy is LDS. He's a Mormon. And there's a temple in Ogden. And he and his wife went to the temple. And one night they Whatever. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Do not was... tell me he just thought he'd stop by on the way to the temple to drop off this prescription out of the no 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 holy hannah no he and his wife went to the temple and on the way home she was so tired that they got this motel room oh because 20 minutes is a long drive it was too Uh far and i said oh bullshit there's uh-huh. no, I don't believe that story. No. And he says, I said, you're telling me some classy doctor's wife is going to say, yeah, instead of writing 20 minutes so I can go home and lay in my own bed or on my couch or whatever, mm-hmm. that I would rather go to this cheap motel and have, like, no way. And not, not even get a massage <laughs> out of it? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah, I'm with you. The, I'm calling. I'm calling bullshit on that. Okay, and then we get to the next lady, and I said, "Hey, and there's a problem. I also think that this woman was very credible. That I said I went to her house and I told the whole story. How he, her son came in, is like, oh yeah, the gold Cadillac, and, mm-hmm. and he said, and and the lawyer's like, yeah, but you know, he was he would. I said, come on, who makes house calls anymore? No one and- does that. In a gold Cadillac. And, yeah, I said, hey, they were, like, impressed with my forerunner in this neighborhood. (laughs) It's not like a Honda Civic where every college kid has one. Come on. Right. I'm like, hey, and the doctor shows up in a Cadillac, a gold Cadillac, and, of course, the kid remembered it. Of course. I said, that's a problem that he remembers it, it, it gives credibility to her right. statement. And he's like, no, 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 she, he was just helping her out. Okay. Oh. Uh, I said, look, I think she's very credible. And he said, you don't understand. There is a U.S. representative that's going to testify on his behalf. There are many people with status that are going to testify as character witnesses. I so appreciate we're going to be that. just fine. And he's like, how you many, don't... How many got massages and free scripts? <laughs> right. And he said, he's like, Pamela, you don't understand. Like, he's a Mormon. He was like, hey, look, bullshit. I'm a yeah. Mormon. Yeah. And that, that has nothing to do with this. No. Like, there his behavior of, is out of There are a lot of Mormon line. kids in prison, sir. Yes. We so, do live in Utah. 
So we yeah. banged heads a bit. I had one more witness. My next witness was really big. And so I'd, I'd gone trying to, to meet with a couple others that I couldn't catch them. Okay. And it was dark when I got to this house, and I wasn't actually sure that I was at the right house. I had been told, here was the story. This Now I was going to the government's main witness, and this is the, the family of the guy who had overdosed and died, the rocket scientist. Okay, okay. What I knew of the family was that his son had had a drug problem prior to his dad getting addicted to opiates. His dad had a back problem had, and then had surgery and became addicted. The son had his own troubles with drugs and life. And when his dad overdosed, and he was an adult, his son was, okay. and, and going through a divorce. But So because of the divorce, he had moved home. So he was at home when his dad overdosed accidentally. It was not intentional. Sure. And he was so distraught after this happened with his dad, that he decides he's going to kill himself. So he he grabs a gun, drives to a cemetery, decides he's going to do it there. As he pulls in the cemetery, there are two Mormon missionaries that are walking along the sidewalk by the cemetery, and they see this young man pulling into the cemetery, and they thought, we should go talk to him. So they proceed to walk to where that car was go where it went to park. Okay. And when he pulls pulls over and parks, he pulls the gun up to his head, under his chin, and shoots. Oh, and the missionaries haven't even made it to him? They haven't made it to him yet. So people need to understand that Mormon missionaries are out proselyting and trying mm-hmm. to introduce the Church of Latter-day Saints, and that's who the Mormons are. Right. So if you have two missionaries you're think you're you've got to know they're pretty young kids they can be anywhere from 18 to 24 Mm -hmm. most of the time they serve for two years and it can be men it it can be boys or girls because they are young i think they're still kids yes but but imagine the trauma when you think you're going to go talk to someone and introduce and try to do the whole idea of visiting with a missionary is they have these lessons that they're trying to teach you to answer questions, to help open that that whole conversation. And they yeah. come up to a car as the guy shoots, right? Yep. Well, oh. it, he had shot just before they got there. Yeah. But when he shot, he missed his brain and it shot and... The bullet went right up and blew most of his jaw off, most Towards of his, his tongue, okay. his nose, okay. and up through his forehead, but it did not kill him. They got him to the hospital, and he was saved. And I had learned, I, I knew prior to sure. even trying to interview the family that this was the situation with this, oh. this family, that this son had done this and i was like wow this is intense this is not gonna be it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah how are we gonna get over this so right and and i'm not sure like i say it was like early winter when i was doing this interview so it got dark early and i wasn't positive i was at the right address i was pretty sure but i get there knock on the door 
And the second this young man opens the door, I know I'm at the right house because he was missing a nose and missing half of his jaw. Oh. And I knew I'm at the right home. And so I, and I'm thinking they probably absolutely despise my client. I am so nervous to talk to them. Right. You don't want to cause any more trauma to this person. I really don't. I really don't. And so I say, hey, look, I'm Pamela. I'm a private investigator. I'm working on the defense of this man. And I am just here to find out the truth. Would you mind talking to me? And he was, he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah. And wait, I have a question though. Could he speak? Missing part, the front part of your jaw and your tongue and no nose. How, how was his speech? Could you understand him? Could he speak? So, so difficult for me to understand. It was, I don't know if you've ever tried to learn a foreign language, but it felt similar to that to me when I, when I'm listening so hard, like what, what, Uh like, and I said, is your mom here? I want to interview her, the guy's widow. Mm-hmm. She was there. They, oh my gosh, they were some of the most amazing people. Like, wow. So, she was so kind. She she was actually the Relief Society president in the wards. They're, so they're LDS. They're, they're Mormon. And she really lived her religion, forgiveness, uh-huh. mm-hmm. love, kindness. Wow. Wow. I, like, I was so apologetic, like, just starting to interview her and him. And both of them stayed in the living room talking to me. He was angry and I don't blame him. I don't, whatever emotions they felt towards me, I don't blame them. I can, I get it. And well, but you're standing in the stead of the doctor. Yeah. They they can't get to the doctor to be angry. And you're coming saying, I'm working for the defense. That anger is going to be directed at you yes and i don't blame them i know i would have done this i would have done that if i were them i've been like yeah "Yeah, i got something to tell you yeah and i'd have been like i'm too busy i'm flossing like get out of my house (laughs) right 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 serious like uh uh-uh and they did not she let me in she told the story her husband the rocket scientist literally had had surgery he'd become addicted to the painkillers and it was changing his life. He was a functioning addict. He would go to work every day, come home, take some. And and when I say someone's the Relief Society president, for those of you that are not LDS or know about it, that, mm-hmm. that woman is like in charge of like leading and taking care of the women of the world. She's kind of the mother of a bunch of of a bunch Families. of women. Right. Of, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. and they do tons of service and like they mm-hmm. are so focused on service. It's like mm-hmm. an amazing thing. So the fact that she was even in that role, and I know at this time it had been a couple of years since her husband's death, but still impressive to me that instead right. of becoming bitter and just being like, hey, like forget all this, screw that, right. I'm mm-hmm. I'm just gonna stick my head because I wouldn't blame anyone if no. they just pulled the no. covers over their head and said, mm-hmm. life yeah. sucks. Right. So for, right. for her, instead of doing that, to serve people and her, have her focus be serving others, mm-hmm. I was completely in awe of. Right. Of course. Highly respectful. Yeah. Yes. What would happen on weekends, her husband would take so many pain pills that he would basically just be passed out all weekend. Sure. And then he would 
sober up enough to get to work and go work again Monday. Wow. And it was not good. And they were, of course, upset about it. So she helped him find a pain doctor that could help with the pain, but understood that he had an addiction and that this was a real problem. And that doctor was actually right there in the same city in Ogden, instead of going to Brigham, where Dr. Candy was. And that doctor understood the addiction, understood that he needed to help him clean up. Uh huh. And so he was like, hey, yeah, let's help. But if I do this, he was telling her husband, you can't go see another doctor. You have to agree to only see me. And he agreed to that. But he's an addict at this point. Right, right. So she actually went to Dr. Candy's office after that. And she Uh scheduled an appointment. And they gave her an appointment with the doc. And she goes in there and she says, hey, my husband is an addict. And we've found another pain doctor that can help him with the pain, but is controlling what he gets. So if you prescribe anything, this will unravel everything that we're doing with the doctor in Ogden. So please, please do do not prescribe him. And Dr. Candy said, it is none of your business (gasps) what I am prescribing to your husband. Get out of my office. You are not my patient, and I don't have to talk to you about his case. Because wow. of the HIPAA. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. she leaves, and just like they feared, her husband went to Dr. Candy. Yeah. And got a prescription, and now he could double up even. And right. And he did, and overdosed and died. Oh. And as they told me this, and as she told me how painful this was to go through this mm-hmm. and I was sitting there like I was getting tears in my eyes mm-hmm. and I, I was all welling up and, and I thought oh my gosh like I'm his defense I shouldn't I shouldn't cry should I not let them see me cry I can't I, and the more I tried not to cry of like course. that lump yes. in my throat mm-hmm. is getting like yep. Get bigger, bigger and mm-hmm. and so oh. I finally just said like I am so sorry I right. am so so sorry. I, I I was just in awe. I didn't have words. I talked to the son and said, "Hey, I, thankfully the missionaries found you and saved your life." I I said, "You know, I've read that people that try to commit suicide are happier that after when it didn't work that that they lived. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. how it is for you?" And he's like, "No." Like he was just so lost. It, and and I hope he's getting better since then. But well, but just, now, but now, not only are you. And I have no experience with this, but I've had friends lose their children or, you know, but not only are you addicted to the drugs, so you're driven by that, that push to get the drugs. And then he's distraught because he just lost his dad and then he attempts suicide. And now his face is so disfigured. And then we wonder why he's angry. Like, seriously. And truly, wow. I have no way to describe to you no. what it looked like to no. talk. No, Beca- because I like you. You've never seen someone without a nose, right? Right. And with it, but literally, like you could just see where that bullet went. Like it was right so easy to see how that just went right up his face. Wow! Wow! Such such a tragedy. So. Oh. Of course, I can't go to the lawyer's office to report it. He tells me, oh, talk to one of my assistants, because there were, like, three lawyers working on this case with him, mm-hmm. two, uh, three total with him. And I schedule 
an appointment to come and like get them up to speed and I <laughs> I get to the meeting with her and I start telling her about the two women that I've already interviewed, that I've already told you about. Mm-hmm. And I'd start telling them, like, oh, my gosh, we've got a real problem with this family because when the jury hears all this, hears this when they hear the widow speak or right. and, mm-hmm. and or her son, right, we're in trouble. And, and, then the, and even if the others are drug addicts, they still have documentation of a hotel room. They still have a son yep. who remembers the car. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And... I'm, like, almost crying telling her, like, how emotional this was to see this. And her response was, she looks at her watch, and she (gasps) says, are are we almost done? Because I have to pick my dog up from the doggy sitter. And I said, (laughs) are you kidding? Well, well, Uh, this is a priority. Yeah, I said... You're going to end this meeting so that you can go pick up your dog from doggy daycare. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you about the biggest witnesses on this case. And I said, okay, you know what? That's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Let's just, yeah. let's just end this meeting. I need to talk to someone that cares. Yeah. Right. Why don't all this talk to the lead attorney on this? And so I left. She knew I thought she was a piece of crap. And yeah. She probably felt the same way about me because I was, I was a jerk to her. I was mad. I, oh yeah. I, I just, I just like these are real people, right? And she's like, oh, the jury's not going to be moved by that. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I you, was so moved. I'm still almost rodeo? in tears. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I get a call. I'm invited to have breakfast with the attorney again, so I can update him. Uh-huh. And I start telling them like, hey. Your attorney, yeah, she's beautiful and just out of law school, and I'm sure she's all that in a bag of chips, but she did not yeah. give a crap about these no. witnesses. Yeah. And he said, well, she's a very good attorney. She's, okay, I'm sure she is. I said, I hope her courtroom etiquette is much better than right. what I saw, because she cared more about picking up her dog from doggy uh-huh. daycare. It was 2.30 in the afternoon, just so you know, Shelly. It was uh-huh. not 5.30. It wasn't after hours. This yeah, was yeah. So I'm like, what the crap mm-hmm. world is this? Well, so, doggy daycare closes at two thirty-five. It must. It must have. So, <laughs> yeah. so he starts telling me, look, Pamela, you just don't understand. He's like, look, this guy, he has U.S. representatives that are going to be character witnesses. He's got all kinds of people with a lot of status. They're going to step up for him, and he's a good Mormon. We're fine. I said. I'm a good you're, Mormon, you're missing, and I'm telling you're you... You're missing this. You're missing yep, it. I said, please, take so- a plea. We need to take a plea deal on this case. Yeah. Because he's looking at a minimum of 20 years, and if he's convicted for 10 years, that's a life sentence for him. This right. guy is like... He, right. I said, look, our witness, they're, look, they're credible. And right. he said, are you kidding? He's that drug addict. Like the one that I'd gone to her house, he said, she is not credible at all. I can't even believe you were fooled by her. And I said, I'm telling you, she's very credible. Her son corroborates her story even Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about his car coming there. And he was so mad. He was so upset with me. And he said, you don't understand. I said, I think I do. And I'm telling you, we need to take a plea. Most lawyers will listen to me when I say this. I was like, we need to plea this out. We need to throw ourselves at their mercy. Because 
this isn't going to turn out well for us. And he was so mad, and he said, She's, I can't believe you got fooled by this. I thought you were better than this. She, yeah. she is not attractive. He would never want to touch her. And I said, what? Are you kidding? That woman, I said, yeah, I agree. She's been ridden hard and put up wet. Right. She's been through some stuff, but right. she's pretty. She right. is pretty. Right. Kind of harsh looking, but she's pretty. And he's like, I don't, I disagree with you. No one would think she is. And I said, I'm telling you. He, he's women, gotten caught up in the, Yep. do you know so, who I am? Do you know I who think these so. people are? Like, you better get down so. brass tactics, dude, because you're, yeah. So the next thing I know, I get asked to submit my bill <laughs> because I'm. D- they didn't tell me I'm done. They just asked me they to submit didn't a bill. They kind of did ask you back. They, I never got invited back again. And I was wow. like, "Wow, what? like harsh." I, I think I got fired. Yeah, or like you're like wow for mm. telling the truth and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay. I was so anxious for this case to go to trial. I'll oh. bet you were. So one of the witnesses that testified at trial, and I was following it in the news. Uh-huh. So the first part, I'm reading the news coverage of it because it's front page every day. And one of the witnesses was a snowboarder who had had a, a really bad accident, hurt his back. He had to go through some pain therapy. He ended up mm-hmm. at Dr. Candy's office. This kid was not on drugs prior to this. Okay. He prescribed so many meds that the the kid, when he testified, the snowboarder testified that there were he was at dinner with his family and his face fell right on his plate in his food. Oh my Because he gosh. was so high. Then this is the, so wrong. Oh, it's so wrong. Oh. And so then the boy's mother called Dr. Candy and said, "Hey." I think you're giving my son too many drugs because... Too much. Way too much. Because at dinner he, last night, his face fell on his plate like he was stoned, like so high he couldn't hold his head up. Mm-hmm. And it landed right in his food. And Dr. Candy said, this is none of your business. Oh my gosh. And hung up. All this is going on. I'm so anxious to see... What's happening, I show up at federal court one day to watch. Right. And I just barely get in the courtroom and sit down. And someone from defense table turns around, sees me, and jumps up and comes back to say something to me. We can't talk in the courtroom, so we step outside. And this woman tells me, oh, you're on the witness list, so you can't be here. I'm like, what? Because they always have an exclusionary rule. Okay. And I was like, what are you talking about? No way do do they want me to be a witness. No, I don't have anything no. good to say. And the yeah. prosecution can't call me as a witness. Only okay. the defense could. And so I, I said, that means I'm on the defense list? No way. No way. You guys right. do not want me testifying. Right. I'm not going to be testifying. She said, well, I'm just telling you. You lead, can't be here. Lead counsel asked me to tell you to leave. I was like, oh my gosh, okay. And so, seriously, is that legal to do that? Oh, yeah, if I'm, yeah, it is. It is. If I'm on the witness list, then then there's an exclusionary rule. Because they don't want you listening to other witnesses testify. Okay, but can you say, prove it? Like, show me I'm on your witness list. Or can, mm, or did they just, I could did they have, just pull a fast one? No, I, yeah, I don't know which it is. I really okay. don't. I think they pr- they may have put me on there just to keep me away. 
Wow. I don't know. And I don't know why. I'm not going to just be talking to the media or anything. I yeah. might do a podcast about it. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Oh, that's us. Here okay. we are. And it is risky to talk about this stuff, but I think people should know. Right. I really right. do. Right. And... So here's something that really interesting that happened in trial. That first witness that I interviewed that I said was a danger to us because she'd gone to the motel and the feds had recovered the receipt. Right. She testified at trial. But that actually differed a bit. What she said in trial was that it, there were actually two times at the hotel. The first time he offered her a massage. After the massage, he actually gave her the prescription that she wanted and then he gave her some cash. Oh my the gosh! The second time it happened, she said that he told her to get nude for the massage, which she did. Wow! And this time she said it did turn sexual. Wow! Although when he testified in his defense, yeah, he did meet her, give her drugs and cash, but that was just because he felt sorry for her because he knew that she was really struggling. And I do think she was struggling. I think that's true. Right. right. But that's very. Nice doctor that actually not only gives you the drugs that you want, but that actually gives you some more cash. Here's some cash. Here you go. You need some money. And actually, Dr. Candy's wife testified. Now, I told you guys that these are Mormons, right? Which I am too. But the wife testified that because the FBI had this receipt from the hotel, and the wife testified, well, the reason he had the receipt from the hotel is because... They went to the temple, which is 20 minutes away, and then after going to the temple, they stopped and went to this motel because it was sentimental to them because they ha- it had special memories to them because that's where they'd gone for their honeymoon. Now, the prosecution says she's lying to protect her husband. The defense is saying that the woman is lying because she could face drug charges, and I think that's true. She had other issues that she could be in trouble for. So they both have motive to lie. It's just a matter of who do you believe? Trial goes on. It ended up being a five-week trial. Jury, it goes out, deliberates, comes back. So they had actually reduced it from 130 counts to 89 counts by the time it went to trial. Wow. That's that's still. (laughs) Yeah. I don't mean that. I didn't mean that wow was impressive. I was like, oh, wow. Like sarcasm. Like Right, oh, right, well, save exactly. Me three months. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Right. So the jury comes back after their five week trial. They deliberate. They come back and they convict him on 44 of the 86 charges. Holy cow. Wait a minute. Did they get all of their witnesses in there that was going to just make it happy go lucky? No. No, very good question. Yeah. Heck, the U.S. representative that was going to save the day as a character witness, he was on the witness list, and that made the news that he was one of the character witnesses that was to testify. And they, the defense said, we decided that we didn't need him. <laughs> Personally, I believe he I, saw the ship sinking, and he's like, I don't want to be connected I, in any way. I think that they got a call from his aide that said, Take him off your list. I think so, Because he's not going down for this. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So, when it came time to sentencing, the judge sentenced him to 20 years in prison. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, well well-deserved. He needed to be. Well-deserved. Uh-huh. I agree. I, I 
don't have much sympathy at at all all. for him. No. Because here's what I think. If you're smart enough, you get through med school and you have a medical license, you're smart enough to know when someone is a drug addict. Right. And if you're still prescribing, you are just a dealer in a fancier coat. Right. Right. And if you aren't smart enough to recognize that they are drug dealers, then you shouldn't be practicing medicine. Right. But what Either is it? way, we yeah. should take your what license away. What is it? The Hippocratic Oath? Is that what the doctor yep. takes? Yep. Um, yep. So he just, he had no regard for that, for, he right. had no respect for any of the other medical professionals, nothing. Yep. He, he yep. was there to do massages and get whatever he could wherever. Yeah. My question yes. is, how many years did he serve and is he still alive? Did he die in prison? So, yeah, so he got sentenced to 20 years in prison and went to the federal prison in California. A pretty tough prison, actually. And he was there for three years. And his lawyer found kind of a technicality that there no. were some errors in, in some stuff that the prosecutors made some bad statements at closing arguments that were inaccurate, which is so stupid. The truth right. was bad enough. Don't right. don't right. go beyond. You don't need to. Right. It's just right. stupid. Yeah. So they got him out after three years. They moved him to a halfway house for like not even thirty days in California. And he went from yep. Okay. And then then from the halfway house, like less than a month later, he was home. But he lost his license because it was a federal. He so lost his license. Everything. He was done. And I think whatever money he had was paid to his defense team. Right. Not necessarily me, but those yeah. three lawyers. The one. May, and maybe not even the lawyer that had to get to her doggy daycare. Right, I don't know right. how much she made. Yeah, but, right, right. Uh, so my tip of the day, my PI tip of the day is this. Please, please be careful with opiates. I I hate them. Mm-hmm. I know people have pain and they need them. Mm-hmm. Please be careful. If you have surgery, be careful about that stuff. This is right. serious business. Right. I know I know an eighty eight year old woman who had surgery and became addicted. Right. It it can happen to, to anyone, anybody, any anyone. Mm-hmm. So please and we don't we don't want you in pain, but the body right. is an amazing thing and if we give it a chance sometimes, lots of times it will heal with the surgeries yeah. and the directions of your doctor, you know, exactly. some people have chronic yeah. pain. I can't even imagine living with that. I'm a migraine right. girl, you know, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. But yeah, pain is an yeah. awful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Please be careful. So please be careful. If someone you love is it, that, you know, they're pr- getting prescribed. Here's my suggestion. Right. Go to this, go report that doctor to the department of professional licensing. Right. In Utah, it's called Doppel. Every state has their own. Yeah. Do not hesitate to report that doctor. They should be as held held accountable, just like everyone else. Right. That had that had the wife known had that information. Had um, some of the women had that information. I don't know if that they would have used it, but they would. But, they would not have used yeah. it. <laughs> but the, but yeah. the wife would have. Or the wife the would have, and mom. the mother. Yep, the, yeah, the snowboarder's the mother. Mom, had they had yep, any sure. idea that this was an option to call and be like, "My child or my spouse, we yep. know they have a back injury, but they are so medicated, so drugged, yep. and yep. I can't get that doctor to listen." It could have yep. changed some lives. It really could have. So yeah, do not hesitate to right. 
do something. It's like okay they to say, start see something, mm-hmm. say something. So we also have a an interesting relationship with doctors because they they are highly educated. They've been yeah. practicing. They do all this. So we want to believe every single thing that they tell us. And there are yeah. millions of doctors out there that are amazing doctors. Yeah. But don't ever forget that they're practicing. They yep. have a medical practice because, yep. you know, things are changing. Meds change. I mean, you know, the world is changing. Diseases change. And yeah. the good doctors will tell you that. I can yeah. only go this so far. Let me get you to a specialist that could maybe take exactly. you to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. And no one knows us better than we do. Mm-hmm. No one. Yeah. So no one knows our body better. No one knows. Right. She knew her spouse was, this wasn't right. Right. So, right. Yeah. We like have the courage to stick up and do, and I'm not blaming her at all. This was the doctor's fault. It was totally on him. He had warnings and he continued and that's not right. I, I, I wish I had some positive thing to say with this case. It's just a hard one. So be careful. Take care of yourselves and the people you love. Thank you for listening to Pamela Private Eye.